Welcome to Backstory and Beyond with your host, Ward Camp, seeker, innovator, and president of Northwood Retail. As Ward travels the country, he'll share the industry insights he's gained over a three decades long retail career, introduce you to trailblazing business leaders and disruptive founders, and uncover the real deal about some of the greatest cities in the world. This week, Ward sits down with Susan Serich, founder of Suzy Cakes, an all-American bakery serving up classic desserts. They'll discuss how a focus on hospitality creates lifelong customers, the unique challenges of starting a woman-led business, and the powerful combination of hard work and luck. All that and more on this episode of Backstory and Beyond. It's really a pleasure today. I am visiting with Susan Sarich, the founder of Suzy Cakes. Welcome. You know, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. You know, you've over the last couple of years really blown up. You know, I've read you wanted to become a household name and I think that's playing out in real time. So I'll just kind of walk through what I know and then I'll let you kind of run through the rest of it. So you go to Cornell Hospitality School. From there, you go to Hyatt. Mm -hmm. And then you end up at the Cliffs working with Ian Schrager, which, you know, a lot of people forget. Schrager invented the boutique hotel. completely. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday about staying at the Morgans and... Back in the day, yeah, it was everything, right? And he made the lobby the social focus, which prior to that, people went to a hotel and they went to their rooms. So you were probably seeing greatness, you know, as you're on this journey. And I think that's where, you know, the story begins to take this winding road. And so for there, I'm just going to let you kind of talk about the path. You mind if I take it back to the beginning of Chicago and give a nod to Mildred and Madeline? Um, Those were my grandmothers. They lived across the alley from each other in Chicago, and their families immigrated from Poland and Italy. And so they were just very stoic, hardworking women. And their mantra to me was, Susie, if you work hard and are nice to people, you can do anything you want. And that was that thread. I can't even tell you how many times that just plays through my head. So they were great bakers. They were great cooks. And every time I was at their home, there was just a wonderful fresh pound cake or cherry pie with cherries picked out of the yard. I mean, really legit desserts. And our time together wasn't so much about baking, but what happened at that kitchen table, much like we're sitting here now, right, where you have a real conversation. And it was back in the day when people asked how your day was, and then actually really listened. And they were teaching me values and how to be a good human being. At the time, I didn't know I was just a little girl. I'm like, oh, I'm having pie with grandma. But as I get older, as I got older, and as I'm getting older, I realize more and more that um, I am who I am today because of those two women. It's funny you say that when our kids were little, we used to eat dinner and we'd say, what was your high and what was your low and have a real conversation. And I think, I think those basics just build character kind of like you were talking about. A hundred percent. And that's so funny because they would ask me, what are you proud of that you did today? And Mm -hmm. what do you regret and would like a do over on? And um, it was really uh, amazing way to, to teach children lessons. So I knew at a young age that I really 
liked hospitality. That was just, it, it came naturally to me. So it was, again, not really about the cooking or the baking piece, but about this hospitality piece of connecting with people and making people feel good. You know, we're blue collar family. Our vacations were very modest. I like to tell the story of our vacations were at the Holiday Inn in Wisconsin, you know, with the pool, with the chain link fence around it. And I would save the soaps and the shampoo from the Holiday Inn when my girlfriends would come over for uh, sleepovers, I'd have amenities for them. And they're like, what is that? You know, they're like, you're crazy. Susie's crazy. Like, why is she giving us soap? Right. But I wanted people to feel special when they spent time in our home. And, and when people would come over for dinner parties, I would take drink orders and take the coats at the front door. And like, I just knew that that I was just very fortunate that I felt that was what, you know, was meant to do. And so fast forward, I was fortunate enough, as you mentioned, to get into Cornell University and they have a hotel and restaurant management school. So I was studying what I really loved. And the beauty about that was that it was really a business degree specifically focused on hospitality. So we had marketing and finance and real estate. And then, of course, the culinary and food classes and, you know, everything that makes a business undergraduate degree complete. And when I graduated, my intent was to work for best in class companies that were still founder led and had a very deep culture. And so I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know I was going to open a business. I didn't really know. But my plan was just, I want to learn as much as I can to then whenever I go off and do whatever I want to do on my own, I've got a great foundation. And so fortunate enough to, um, as you noted, work with the Pritzker family. They were still running Hyatt Hotels, and that was kind of the thing back in this. Now we're in the 90s here. Um, They were were the thing um, in the 90s and um, worked for Richard Melman at Let Us Entertain You, um, who icon in the restaurant industry was, still is. Still is. Again, created, you know, (laughs) back in the 70s. He was really the first one to create, you know, quote, unquote, theme restaurants, if you will, but really well done ones. I worked at um, the Everest restaurant, which was a mobile five-star French restaurant uh, that was owned by Lettuce Entertain You. So there I learned fine dining, you know, what all those 85 pieces of silver were on the table mean. We had an 800-bottle wine list that I learned all about wine there. And, And through kind of the course of this career, I noticed that everybody who I was reporting into, while I really had great respect for my mentors and everybody was male. And there was really no female role models at the VP, definitely not at the C-suite level, maybe absent somebody in HR once in a while. But generally speaking, women leave the industry around the age of 30 because it's, it's difficult to try to have a life and be working nights, weekends, holidays, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week during the holidays. The other thing that was swirling around in my mind um, at this time was that the FDA had just come out with their food labeling. So people would go into the grocery stores thinking they were getting fresh baked products. And once food labeling came out, they realized, whoa, there are 85 things in, you know, that donut or that muffin or that cupcake, what name it, what it is at the supermarket. And people started thinking, this is not what I want to be feeding myself and my kids. And so I I had the recipes for my grandmother's and little tin boxes with the the recipe cards that say from the kitchen of at the top of them in their beautiful handwriting, which is so special. And that's 
Side note, that's a sad to me that no one has recipe cards anymore and everybody goes well, on the internet. Hopefully they're in a lockbox or yeah. they're somewhere hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. We do actually <laughs> do. Yeah, they are they are in a safety deposit <laughs> box because they're like that valuable to me. And so that was part of it. And the other part was again, this is like early two thousands when desserts were like super either decomposed or overcomposed. I mean we were at a restaurant, a very famous restaurant, and they came to the table and they said, this is the dessert menu. And I always say, what are the gelato flavors? And they said, this is, this is, and pepper. And I said, I'm sorry, what? And they said, you pepper. I said, pepper, pepper, gelato, seriously? And I was losing it inside. I'm thinking everybody has lost their mind with this nonsense. We have got to bring right. vanilla ice cream on top of a piece of chocolate cake back. That aha moment was, I need to bring these Midwest desserts to California. I felt California was in a dessert deficit. No one really knew what Midwest desserts were. And I wanted to to bring, you know, memories of my grandmothers and and pay tribute to them and women of that whole generation who sacrificed everything, you know, for all of us to be here today. So at that point, you know, you start to have this idea and you want to open this concept, Susie Cakes. I assume the challenges at that time, early 2000s, being a female founder. By the way, your business plan probably was pretty simple and really straightforward. And it was probably so straightforward, people didn't get it. Like they probably thought it was a hobby Mm -hmm. or they were like, no, that's a great idea, but it's probably going to fail. And so tell me about that. Being a, a, a female, raising the money, having this idea, and you know, you're hell bent on going forward. So (laughs) quite. Um, Yeah, I mean, being a female founder, even today, it's less than 2% of VC, PE, high net worth individual funds go to female founders. So it was even to your point worse 20 years ago. And I wrote a very thorough business plan. It was a financially sound business model. I had education, experience, and a, and a viable business model. And everyone would, everybody, when I say everybody, I mean everybody, yeah. would read it and go, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think sweets are going to work in California. Or, uh, you know, I don't know, people go to grocery stores. Or you can, get a, you can get a sheet kit at Costco now. Why would somebody go to a bakery? Or there's no matter what their reasoning was, there was always a reason as to why I shouldn't open Susie Cakes. No one wanted to loan me money. And no one wanted to invest. And I carried around that business plan. And what, it, it kills me. I don't have that business plan. But I, I swear there's 200 of them floating around the city of San well, we Francisco. Need right now. We somebody need to find that. Somebody with a Susie Cakes <laughs> business plan, please send that to me. Um, I would carry them with me. And, you know, I'd meet somebody and I would be like, I'm, I'm opening this bakery. Will you read this? And if you know anybody who's interested in investing, you know, almost a little bit like a crazy person. Like, right. I think people are like, whoa, is this like, what's woman is a little out there. But I knew that that was the only way. I mean, I really had to pitch it and sell it constantly. And when it was clear I wasn't going to be able to get any sort of more traditional means of funding, I needed to do the friends and family. And that was also a real challenging route, you know, because even my parents were kind of like, oh, like, we want to help you, but not really sure you know, this is the best use of your time or our money. And so I eventually just, you know, I broke people down, really, Ward. I just broke people down. And 
made connections through, you know, I always like to say, like, my dental hygienist cousin in Palm Springs, right? She's like, well, he kind of has some money. I don't know. Maybe you want to talk to him. I, I took any amount of money and cobbled it together and was able to get that money. And the one quote that I love, and he's no longer with me, but my dad's best friend, very Italian, diamond pinky ring, St. Anthony medallion on his chest. He used to play the ponies. He said, um, uh, I can't bet on this horse, but I would bet on the jockey every day. And he said, I know if anybody can make this thing happen, it's you. So here you go. And that gave me the confidence that, you know, if Uncle Tony was going to write that check, like I, I could make it happen. So at the time, you know, you didn't have the employees that you have. I think you had 350 employees today right. and you felt a great yeah. sense of responsibility. Yeah. But at that point, you probably felt an even greater sense of like, this has to work. There's no Huge. going back. I'm taking friends and family. Yeah. You weren't going to take no as an answer yeah. and you were betting it all and yeah. you were betting on yourself. Yeah. And then others started to believe, hey, I'm going to bet on her. Mm -hmm. And so- The then pressure rolls, was a lot. The yeah, pressure yeah. was a lot. I mean, my mom- took a mortgage out on her condo. Yeah. You know, my dad was a firefighter, so had, you know, his pension. But, you know, again, not a lot of extra money floating around. And so really the weight was on my shoulders yeah, at that point. Yeah, the weight point. of the world yeah. was on your shoulder. Your parents, are, yeah. you know, they've yeah. educated you. Yeah. You've been out in the workforce, and now you're trying this, right. you know, and they don't know if 100% it's going to work. And there's this book, it's called The Founder's Mentality. James Allen, Chris Zook wrote it and there's kind of three pillars to it and the first pillar is you're the insurgent so at this point it felt like you're like going up the mountain mm -hmm. blindfolded and backward up the mountain but you're going to the top of the mountain and then the second part is just you know you've got to manage this business your you know cash is low right you're just kind of flying through this trying to manage people cash expectations get a store open, right? And then the last one is just this obsession with the front line. Mm -hmm. You know, being in the store, understanding, you know, what's going on every single day and just kind of walk through, you know, if you think sure. that kind of mirrors. Yes, yeah. I like the walking backwards up a mountain, blindfolded <laughs> <laughs> analogy. That That's what it felt like most of the time. So after we had the seed money, to get that first bakery open, the next challenge was convincing somebody to rent space to me. And I knew I wanted to be in a neighborhood where there were lots of schools close by, where people were walking their babies in strollers and their dogs and had a real sense of community. And I got locked in on Brentwood in L.A., and I had really never spent a lot of time in L.A. We were living in San Francisco, and it was impossible to get zoned in San Francisco. We were considered fast food because we baked on site and we didn't have seats. So Susie Cakes and a drive through Taco Bell were considered the same type of business. And so any affluent area... Um, where we wanted to be, we couldn't get into just based on the zoning. So that was kind of the switch from San Francisco to L.A. Now, I had never spent any time in L.A., like very, very little. So that alone was a big leap of, OK, let's just go to L.A. and open this and found this space that 
I, it, it was just strong intuition. That's all I can say. Like we had no data. I just was like, this is the place. Like this is where we need to be, I know. So it makes me laugh sometimes when we do so much analytics now right. when we choose a spot um, and what I did that first day. I'm like, yep, this is it. This is what we need to be. But I knew that, you know, from my real estate classes uh, in college, it was location, location, location. And I knew that that first location had to be perfect. And so when we found that, the challenge became convincing the landlord that he should run to Susie. That was a massive uphill battle because he had every concept in the world who wanted that perfect 1500 square foot space, Pinkberry and you know whatever the hot concepts were at the time he could have had. He was he was a great guy. His name's Michael. And when we first met, he's like, you know, Susie, you're a nice girl, but I, you know, I can't run to an unknown concept. I just can't do it. But I wish you the best. And so I knew where his office was. And I went there relentlessly a few times a week when I knew he would be coming into work, get out of his car, black Mercedes with his coffee. And and I'm like, hey, good morning, Michael. I'm like, I brought you some oatmeal cookies or cupcakes or whatever I made for him. And he's like, Susie, I'm gaining weight, but I'm not going to rent this. I'm not, I'm not going to rent the space to you. And finally, I don't, I don't know how many weeks it was into it. And he said, you know what? He said, my wife and my daughter told me if she works this hard to get this space, imagine how hard she'll work her business. Please give her a chance. And so he said, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to take a really big security deposit, but I am going to give you a chance. And all these these pieces of my story is like somebody gave me a chance. Well, I think, you know, part of it's just, you know, your dad was a firefighter. You saw him go to work. He worked yeah. hard. It sounds like your grandmother's influence. You saw what hard yeah. work was in the Midwest. And I think that had a lot to do with the character you had. You can be the smartest person in the room, but the hardest working person in the room Mm -hmm. will win every time, Mm -hmm. no matter how smart someone is. Mm -hmm. And so now you're getting ready to open and you're excited and you're Mm -hmm. probably nervous. You know, tell me about that. So I had a very, really tiny team myself and um, hired a wonderful head baker. I had somebody who took all the handwritten recipe cards and batched them up. Right. So like my recipe cards make one cake, but they don't make 50 at a time. So worked with somebody to do that. Hired a few kids from UCLA, had an intern from Cornell. And I wrote standard operating procedures for every single thing. Everything. Right. This is where people thought I was nuts. They're like, okay, there's six of us here. Right. Right. And I'm like, okay, this is the SOP for answering the phone. And you say, thank you for calling Susie Cakes Brentwood. And they're like, well, obviously it's in Brentwood. I'm like, but someday (laughs) we're going to have more locations. So we need to get used to saying the location because I didn't have an, you know, my desire wasn't to open one bakery in Brentwood. My desire was, was to have a brand that was a household name. And so I'm still on that path, but I was on that path from day one. And I'm so glad that I documented our procedures and recipes and everything, you know, meticulously from the beginning so that when I went from store one to store two, which was in Calabasas, everything was just set, right? I didn't have to do anything because I had already done all the work. So we're all there. It's the first day. We've got the cases full. We're waiting for people to come in. People are kind of dribbling in, but it's not really busy per se, right? So I started taking cupcakes out to the sidewalk. 
And people are not, not really used to that in LA. They're not used to people like trying to, you know, they think they want, I want something in return, right? They're right. like, oh, no, 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 I don't have any money. I'm like, I'm not selling them, I'm giving away. And then they're like, is this safe? So I go back to the founder's mentality. When I talk about the front line, you, yeah. were, you were the front yes, line. Yes. Like you were in yeah. the streets. Yeah. On San Vicente in LA, I was really doing that, like, like talk about grassroots marketing. I mean, I was like on the sidewalk with a tray of cupcakes, and then I saw the smile that people's face were like, "Oh wow, well this never happens, right?" And they would smile, and their kids would be like, "Oh yeah, let's take some on." We'd pass them to the kids in the car, and I kept thinking, "God, I wish like some TV station would come and cover this, right?" Like it would be like one of those feel good stories in LA. Right. Amongst all this bad news, here's right. Susie passing right. out cupcakes, right? And while I didn't get the news story. I think the word of mouth of that, you know, it's like, have you been to Susie Cakes where Susie's outside passing out the cupcakes? Like, I just tried really, really hard. And every time somebody came in, I would show the team how you really treat I guess, because a lot of people today don't know really what good service was, you know, customer services. You know, when somebody orders three cupcakes and the box holds four, throw the fourth one in there. It's the end of the night. The stuff's going to go to the food bank anyway. Like put a couple, you know, cookies in there and say these are for the kids, you know, lunches tomorrow. All those little things that are so rare, they don't cost very much at all. And they make people feel like. A million bucks. I knew how hard it was to get somebody to walk through that door. So once they came in through that door, I was going to make sure they were going to continue coming back through that door. And it had to be not only because we had the best baked goods, but because we were caring for people and remembering names like Mrs. Jones, you know, she comes in, you know, after her hair gets done, she's got two grandchildren, they live in all those things. And then when you would remember one thing about somebody, that's it, it's locked in. Well, I always say, you know, when we go into a community, we've got to be part of the community and to be a good steward of the community. You know, you do, you can't be a taker, right? you know, and say, hey, we do this and you don't follow through with it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, and I also think people want to feel like Susie Kate Brentwood is part of Brentwood, Brentwood only, right? right? And then when you go to Calabasas, Mm -hmm. they want it to feel tailored to Calabasas. I mean, I think that's Mm -hmm. the way it Mm is. You want it to feel... 100%. Yeah, I don't want it to feel, you know, a chain. Everything has a little nod to the local community. And I love actually really, and it sounds, it's contradictory to me wanting to be a nationwide uh, brand, is when people say, oh, I didn't know you had more than one. Like that's, I'm like, yes, right? Right? They're like, oh, you have more than the store in Del Mar? Wow, that's amazing. I'm like, perfect. That's what I want, (laughs) right? Well, I also think, you know, you did this pre-social media. Talk about that, because that would have, you know, that's a harder grind, right? To get your word out. Yeah. I remember the, I think the first um, event we got was a baby shower for Jennifer Gardner and and Ben Affleck. And I remember driving the cupcakes and thinking, wow, this could be like really big for us, right? Right, Because whoever's attending this is going to be like, wow, these are, you know, great. And, and, and the second one was Calista Flockhart and Harrison Ford, and they got a a cake for uh, their son, Liam, and Harrison Ford came to pick it up like this, I will not forget. (laughs) And this is like one of our, you know, very first celebrity sightings. But we had, you know, just kind of constant stream of celebrities that I never, you know, I never called you know, that was back in the day when you would call Us Magazine and say, right, oh, guess right, who just right, came right. in? 
I never did that because I I wanted to say, you know, if Ward wants people to know that he's here, he'll let them know. I don't need to do that, right? And so I had to treat them first as as a guest of Susie Cakes like everybody else. And then if they walked out and the paparazzi got a picture of them with the holding the bag great but i wasn't i wasn't promoting it and i think that that was also well known too that i'm not going to get on the phone and be selling the story about what flavor your wedding cake was you know i see people around town with those bags and i'm like i know her have you lost any privacy or i think that i still um you know live a a pretty simplistic and normal life and and um you know, don't get recognized. When I do get recognized, which my husband always likes to say, this is Susie. And then people like, oh, can we take a picture? And and then they want to. And I and I I love that because people normally after they say, let's take a picture. Oh, my God. I, can't, I didn't even know there was a Susie. Um, they take out their phone and they want to start showing me the cakes they've had, which yeah. is like the biggest compliment to me. I mean, that's what brings tears to my eyes is when somebody is like, oh, and this is the baby's christening. And this is, you know. And it's like, wow, we are meaningful to somebody's life. That's right. exactly what I set out to do, right? Our right. mission is connecting through celebration. And so I even, so when we see bags, I still get excited. So talk about today, you know, so you've grown this to 25, 26 locations, Texas and California. You know, we've gone through this crazy last couple of years, but I think people have been able to, that have the right businesses that aren't too big, that are founder-led, have found exponential growth through delivering, shipping online, as long as it's been methodical, you Mm -hmm. know, where you're just trying to grow your business. But I think there's some businesses that have done it right. And so... Yeah, I, you know, I was originally a bit adverse to the shipping. Yeah. Because if our product is known as being fresh and made from scratch and baked on site, all of those things, I thought there was going to be a compromise on the integrity. And so it took a minute for me to wrap my head around that. And once COVID hit, I'm like, oh, I got to get on this like pronto. Like this is no longer a should we do this? It's, you know, we have to figure this out because I didn't know. Nobody knew how long COVID was going to last. We were all shut down in California. It was a it was a really scary time, and so I I needed to assure that when we shipped the cake, that the experience of the box arriving on your front door to opening it to what the inner box looked like to a handwritten note card to including a candle and a cake server like all those things I wanted somebody to have a Susie Cakes experience in their kitchen or at their dining room table as special as it is to come into the store. And so as detail-oriented I was about every aspect of the brick-and-mortar stores, I doubled down on it for shipping. And, you know, talent, you're looking for the best people. How did that come about? Well, I knew I needed somebody who had the expertise that I did not possess. And so my mind went to who's in the gifting business, who does this really well, and edible arrangements. I I had a connection to the person who was in charge of their digital marketing, and I reached out to her and was having a conversation initially about helping me write the job description. And as we were speaking, we really connected. And she, I said, do you know anybody who fits this job description? And she said, yeah, me. And I said, are you interested? And she said, yes. And so another fortuitous moment in my story. But she really 
understood deeply what it took to ship fresh food products across the country. And you understood that right away yes. talking to her. Once we were able to do that, we just sent, you know, really basically my my dad's in Florida, my mom's in Chicago, my mom and dad, because they know the product better than anybody, right? So we just send them cakes and cakes and cakes, and they would take it to Bridge Club or wherever, you know, wherever they wow. were going. And, you know, confirming that A, the cake arrived okay, B, it defrosted fine, and nobody could tell that it was frozen, right? And so then I was like, great, let's put the pedal to the metal on this. And so that's really kind of, you know, where we're at in our journey with that right now. You you really have to not only know what you're doing, but be committed 110% to that. And not many people can do that. So going back to the women founder, mm-hmm. being a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, I know that's really important to mm-hmm. you because it sounds like your journey was really hard. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of successful founders that are women over the course of the last year or two. And there's this kind of unwritten rule that I'm going to help somebody else yes. because my journey was so hard. They just feel like, you know, very successful women are saying that girl's talented. Mm -hmm. She just needs a little guidance Mm -hmm. or people come to you or maybe, you know, there's businesses you admire Mm -hmm. and you go to them like, Mm -hmm. you know, I do that too. speak to that. Yeah. You know, it takes a village. And I believe very strongly in assuring that the next generation of of female business owners or entrepreneurs have support that I didn't have. And so I will take a call from anyone. I'll speak with somebody who just opened a you know pie shop in Long Beach. She has one shop and she's like, Susie, I want to go from one to two. Can you help me like navigate that? I'm like, I'm your person. Like, right. here's my cell phone number. Here's my email. Whatever you need, I'm here. Because if I could help you in a way that I didn't have help or help you avoid the things that I did that I would look back and say, oh, I would do a do-over on that. I want to do that. You know, sometimes you feel like no one else understands what you're going through or the struggles you're having. And so sometimes just talking about it and to say, and for me to say, yeah, that's normal. That's normal. But I need that too. Right. Like, so I give that, but I still need that. We don't get anywhere in life without others. And so I totally agree. I feel like I'm that turn back and, you know, lend a hand. In wrapping up, I'd love to kind of learn a little about Susie. Just, you know, you're from the Midwest. Sounds like San Francisco is a big part of your life. Mm-hmm. Maybe talk about, you know, restaurants in San Francisco, L.A., what you like to do, hobbies. Yeah. You know. Well, we love to go out to eat. That's that's <laughs> for sure. Um, and, and travel is a big part of what I enjoy doing and seeing new things. And always, whenever we travel, I like to go to bakeries and I find, you know, try to find the best dessert in the city mm-hmm. um, is, is, is something we really love doing. In Los Angeles, there is a restaurant called Vincente. It's an Italian restaurant on San Vicente that uh, was founded by an Italian gentleman and his wife. And I think it has the best Italian food in all of Los Angeles. And that's saying a lot because we know there's very good food in Los Angeles. So, So that's my favorite Italian place there. And, you know, what they do more so is that they have the hospitality gene. So when you walk in the front door, Maureen, who's the owner, knows everybody by name, knows everybody's favorite table, knows exactly where you need to sit and knows the Brentwood audience that, you know, if people are not getting along and Ward comes in and Susie comes in and we're not friends, (laughs) Ward's in a very separate section than Susie. And again, that's a lost art, right? Right, So that hospitality piece is really important. And 
Italian food in Dallas, I love El Bracco. I think yeah. it just has unbelievable Italian food. But right around the corner is an, a, a wine bar called Provo Wine Bar. Yeah, yeah. And tiny, tiny little place. Owners are working the floor, talking mm. to you about wine. We'll spend two hours with you if you want them to. We'll, you know, just give you something or just give you what you order if if you know what you want. And I really love the, the thing that's really hard, like, baked goods to find really great scratch made donuts and the salty donut in Bishop Arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only donut that really is a true donut. You know, here they're using the best vanilla and and real ingredients. And you can taste the difference, right? Like there's donuts and there's donuts. So that's like our donut place and we'll take the 20 minute drive to go there. I think we're donuts. currently yeah. working on a deal yeah. with salty yeah. donut. We were Amazing. talking about them yesterday. Huge I've never admiration. Had it. Huge admiration. Okay. So all right. So, you know, as you travel around, you know, what is the hidden gem of LA or somewhere near LA? You know, what do you think the hidden gem is? Okay, so there is a secret spot on PCH in Malibu at the Malibu Beach Inn, which from the highway just looks like it's it's a hotel and you would think that there's nothing inside there. But when you walk through the front doors, you have a straight shot out to the ocean and it is stunning. And when you walk, you know, maybe 50 feet in, there's a fireplace on the right-hand side and um, you have the sea breeze coming in and they have tables outside on the patio and there's only about maybe six tables on the patio. And while you would think they're only for hotel guests, they're not, they are, but... You can still get a table there. And you are literally right, you know, the water comes up. It's on stilt. So the water comes up, like rushes underneath you while you're eating. So whether it's catching, you know, midday or at sunset, it's stunning because you can watch the sunset. And um, they've got great food. And so that's my little, and they have valley parking, which is very important in LA. It, it almost looks like a, I, I, I think I've stayed there. It almost looks like a motel, right? Yeah, it you almost looks put, like a motel. I was yeah. going to say that, I think but I didn't want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's awesome. You know, thanks for the time today. This has been your story and your journeys next level. And it's been a just an honor to be with you. Where do we find you? You find me on Instagram at Susie Sarich. And you find the bakery at Susie Cakes Bakery. And to order, SusieCakes.com. Thank you for your time. It was awesome. It's been really fun. Thank you, Ward. I appreciate it. This has been Backstory and Beyond, hosted by Ward Camp. To learn more about Northwood Retail or the destinations from today's episode, visit BackstoryBeyond.com.